You're listening to the Bougie Boss Podcast, a podcast specifically designed for the classy, bossed-up woman who's looking to build her empire and start living the life that she deserves. I am your host, Marissa Janae, so grab a glass of wine, sit back, take notes, and enjoy the show. Welcome and welcome back to the Bougie Boss Podcast. This is your host, Marissa Janae, Kingdom Boss Serial Entrepreneur and your favorite Christian lifestyle coach, bringing you another episode of the Bougie Boss Podcast. Hello, my babes, and welcome to Monday. I hope that you have enjoyed your weekend. And for those babes that are listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure that you rate, comment, and subscribe. And for my babes that have been rocking with me from day one, you do the same, my babes. So guys, I don't really have much to gossip about myself for this week. Um, you know, I like to get into a little gossip about myself. However, I did have a strange dream, but I'm waiting for this dream to be interpreted. I mean, this thing was wild and crazy. And if God gives me the permission to release it once the dream, you know, I find out exactly what this dream means. I'm definitely coming back to you guys to let you know what this dream means. It was very, very, very crazy. And I do, I guess I do have some gossip. I did get some more uh, revelation about my husband. There's some good things happening. Um, So getting closer and closer to that big reveal. So some things, um, you know, from one of my intercessors came through to me over the weekend and just filled me with joy. You know, we definitely have to stand on God's promises. When we, you know, put up a request, we just have to know that God is going to deliver. So that was my excitement for the weekend. Make sure that if you have not yet registered for the Blueprint Conference and Retreat, that you go and click the link in the show notes and go ahead and register. You can take part of the early bird right now with payment plans as low as $74. Um, Also, if you were not able to get into my Prepare to be Found in 90 Days group mentorship, you can still apply for the October group. I am taking applications applications now for the October group. So make sure that you um, go ahead and apply so we can talk and get you into the October group. Those who uh, apply early, there is something in it for you for stepping out on faith and applying early. So make sure that you go ahead and apply now. Also, guys, I am releasing a website for Form Her, so uh, for the ministry. So that is going to be up soon and maybe up today. Remember, I record on a Sunday, so it usually comes up on Monday. So it may be up on on today, but make sure that um, you go to my Instagram or you go to Facebook and see if the website is up. I am working diligently on this website to give you a place to come as future wives to get tools to get tips um also there's some neat future wife gear as well that you can wear on this website so make sure that you check out the website um when it is live so that is enough of the church announcements today guys we are going to get right into this podcast i am so excited exact when we have guests on the podcast to tell their stories about how they met their husbands and what turn of events happened throughout meeting the 
their husbands and up into the time frame of now. So I am just so excited to introduce Mrs. Stephanie Jackson on the podcast today. Welcome to the Bougie Boss Podcast, Miss Stephanie Jackson. She is going to tell you a little bit about herself so I could get out the way because you guys always hear my voice. So I'm just going to step out the way and let her tell a little bit about herself. And we're going to jump right on into this podcast. Oh my God. Thank you, Marissa, so much for that introduction. I'm excited about my life just hearing you talk about it. Oh, you guys, thank you so much for being here. This is an awesome podcast. I'm so glad. I'm so proud to be here and so excited. Uh, my name is Stephanie J. I'm Stephanie Jackson. And I'm a lifestyle blogger. I started off as a lifestyle blogger, but I'm now a life coach. And what I do is I coach women who have overcome obstacles in their lives, who have had challenges, um, who are trying to move forward and really want to move into like the best version of their life. I coach them through those challenges because I've been there and I know what that feels like. And I just don't want any other woman to have to go through that. Awesome. Awesome. We definitely need you out here in God's kingdom. We definitely need life coaches that do exactly what you do. And Stephanie did not mention, but she is actually a speaker for the Blueprint Conference and Retreat. She is going to be all up in your space about self-love when we get to the conference next May. So she is preparing some good treats and nuggets for you guys for next May. So once again, you need to go and register because even though it's about, you know, single women, single men and marriages, we have to get to the foundation, the root cause of everything, which is sometimes it's self-love. You know, most of the times <laughs> it's self-love and not loving yourself enough, you know, to be found by your husband or not loving yourself to know that you are worth a good man. So she is definitely going to be at the conference spilling all the tea on self-love. So I just had to, you know, get in her world real quick and make sure I mentioned that because she did not mention it. I'm so humbled. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that introduction. So if you could just tell us, you know, and I'm just going to let you go. I'm just going to let you talk about your relationship and, you know, how it came about that you met your husband. So you can you talk to us about who Stephanie was back then and tell them how many years of marriage that you have been in and just, you know, <laughs> the turn of events since that time. Oh, Jesus. Oh, okay. How long is this podcast? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to do this. See, I'm kind of silly. Too. I'm going to try to do this in less than 45 minutes, 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, gosh. So when I met my husband, oh, you guys, I was a hot mess. So let me just take back a little bit. So I was, you know, always grew up really happy person. Like I was just one of those people who was really laid back, really easy going. I'm still like, I'm like that now. Thank God. Um, but I never, like, nothing ever bothered me. And then at the age of 16, um, I had an older boyfriend, and I was raped by him on my 16th birthday. Like, happy birthday to me. That was his gift to me. And so after that point, um, every, my life told, I changed as a person. I was really insecure, um, really, a lot of self-doubt. Um, I just, I really, I hated myself, but I didn't know it was self-hate. And that's one thing we're going to talk about at the conference is those things that happen in your life that cause you to hate yourself um, that come out in actions. So when I met my husband, I was, it was my first year of uh, college. 
we met on the university campus and I was looking for, you know, tall, dark and handsome. And I got short, stocky and great, you know, great attitude. <laughs> That's what I got. I got short, short, stocky, dependable. I was looking for tall, dark and handsome. Um, and thank God, short, stumpy and dependable came through. <laughs> short, stocky and dependable came through my door. And um, he actually called me out, which he's super shy. So even to this day, I can't believe he like even approached me. Um, because I wasn't, that's not what I was looking for. And that's one thing that we will talk about at the conference a lot is, you know, sometimes what God has for you isn't ever what you're looking for. Um, and I found that out. So actually, um, I ended up getting pregnant with Earth's child. And um, after everything that I had been through, the one thing I didn't want to be is a single mother. And so initially, like, I was like, I don't want to be a single mother. And I gave it a year. I said, I'm going to give it a year to see if this is the guy that's got that's for me. I didn't know anything about God. To be honest with you, I went to church my whole life. I'm a church girl, raised in the Baptist church. Amen, hallelujah, and Amen. all the above. But I didn't know nothing about the Word of God and God having a man for me and how to be a wife or any of that. Like I had seen all those scriptures, but I didn't know anything about them. And I was just, I really, I, someone was praying for me. I'm not even, someone was praying for me because even though all the hurt I had at an early age, dating guys that used me, dating guys that took advantage of me and my kindness and my niceness, I met God brought me a man who had my best interest at heart. So, you know, on the campus of um, the University of Cincinnati, we met, I ended up getting pregnant. Um, I didn't want to get married because I was like, I'm, I'm not going to get to marry him just because I'm pregnant. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that girl either. I didn't want to be a single mother, but I didn't want to be that girl either. <laughs> um, and so we waited a year and um, we got married. And after we got married, all the really, all the issues that I had from that sexual assault came out um, because I had never had anybody who really cared for me and who really loved for me and had my best interest. I didn't know how to treat that. I, I didn't know. I didn't know how to treat a man who cared about me. And that's something that as women, you know, and we go through a lot of crap before we find the right guy, unless we're really lucky and we find him at you know, like 15 and you stay with that same guy from high school or whatever. But most of the time we go through a lot of crap with men and, and how they treat us and how it makes us see ourselves. And um, before we get to the man, that's going to be the man that God has for us. And so I carried all that into our marriage. And in the first week I was ready to go. <laughs> I went <laughs> I was ready to pack up. I was like, this is not what I thought it was. I went to my parents' house. I came to my dad was out doing yard work. I pulled up in the in driver with my son. I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to do that anymore. That's not fun. <laughs> my dad told me, Go home, dear husband. Thank God he did. <laughs> I'm so glad he did. Um, so I went home, you know, went home to my husband and, and I tried, like I really tried, but I didn't have the tools to overcome what had happened to me early in my life. I didn't have the tools to fight all that self-doubt and self-hurt that I carried with me. I didn't. And I didn't, you know, this social media wasn't out. Okay. I've been married to my husband 32 years. So that'll just give you a time frame for what, um, everything looked like. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have social media. Um, we didn't have any blogs, none of that stuff. We didn't have anything that you could go to. You had the people around you. So if you don't have the right people around you, you're going to be getting the wrong information. And I got a lot of wrong information 
for a lot of years from people who didn't really have my best interest. And that's why, you know, they always say you're the sum total of the five people you keep around you. You really are the sum total of the five, your girlfriends. Like, you know, you have those girlfriends you love to hang around, but they don't always give you the best information, but you keep them in your circle. Why? I did that for so many years. I had so many people around me who were like, you know, encouraging me to cheat on my husband, encouraging me to do things, yeah, outside of God's will. And I didn't have any foundation. You know, I've been to church. That doesn't, just because you've been to church every Sunday since you were born, doesn't mean you know the word of God and you have the right foundation. I was in church every Sunday. I was in afternoon church. We were on that Sunday evening church, Thursday night church. None of that ever stuck. I had to find the Lord for myself. Um, so we went through a lot of rough years and, um, you know, I, I feel sorry, most sorry for my husband because he had to put up with me. Like I really didn't have it rough. Like he had it bad <laughs> because I had a lot of issues and that's why the soft love part is so important because it's not about so much the self love of like, you know, encouraging yourself. It's like really liking yourself. And really liking everything about you. And, and I, you know, I spent so many years looking at other women's relationships, looking at other women's personalities, and trying to mimic myself to be like them. But they weren't like the best examples either. I mean, I was mimicking myself after people who were not making great choices. Um, and I didn't, I didn't, for some reason, I just, I didn't have people around me who were like you and, and you know, like the girlfriends I have now who would be like, girl, what are you doing? You know, you need to stop that. No, I had the people that were cheering me on to do the wrong stuff. Mm. And so, and that self doubt and that's, you know, that, that lack of self love is what has you looking for what's not for you. It really does because you want to feel what it feels like to be loved. You want to feel what it feels like to feel confident. You want to feel what it feels like to feel that sense of peace and if you don't have it inside you, you go looking for it outside of you. You go looking around you. And that's when you find yourself in trouble. Yeah. And that's what I did for, believe it or not, 20 years of our marriage. Um, until about 20 years in, my husband was like, I've had enough of this. If you don't get your stuff together, I'm done. I'm done. And it took, finally, like that was the straw that really got me to take the time to go to a Christian therapist. I actually took a month off of work. Um, because the same issues kept coming up, the same issues kept coming up in my life. And I finally got to the point where I was tired of it. Like I was, <laughs> I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, we always say that I'm sick and tired. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was tired of feeling that way. I was tired of like feeling like crap. I was tired of putting on a smile every day and like, you know, Mr. Bojangles, I was smiling all the time, but on the inside I was tore up and I was tired of it. And I, I'm sorry, my dog has like decided he wants to be a fool, like just when this started. I do want to take you back to yeah. being in the driveway at your parents' house, being oh, yeah. trying to fl try to flee the scene. <laughs> the marriage scene. <laughs> I was. <laughs> so I want to know what made you, okay, what, when, once you got married and you said, okay, this isn't for me, what made mm -hmm. you say, this is, this wasn't what I signed up for? What, what were like the little flags that went up after you got married? You know what? I went to the marriage with the fantasy, the fantasy of, oh, it's going to be romantic. We're going to spend time together. It's going to be like every evening, like, oh, hey, baby, hey, baby. And that's not how it was. 
that's not how it was at all. And it wasn't that it was bad. It just wasn't my image of what marriage was. But it was real marriage. It just wasn't like my, what I had built up inside of my head to picture of what it should be like. And part of that was because I wasn't honest and real about who I was with. My husband was a really quiet, really easygoing guy. He wasn't like, let's hang out and go out. He wasn't, you know, super like affectionate and stuff. Like he was playful and stuff. But I was expecting like this explosion of emotion and, you know, togetherness. And that it was because of my image of what I look for that I got was, was unimpressed with what I got. So that, yeah, so that's what, that's what drew me out. And then I realized that my dad sent me home that I just had to like learn. <laughs> yeah. So what was it like? Tell them what was it like? Because we have, you know, some of my yes. guests out there, you know, they dream of this big to do marriage, but they're putting mm -hmm. marriage on the wedding. And yes. there's a ever after, after the wedding, <laughs> like, a lot of ever after. Ever after, <laughs> after the wedding, the wedding. Yes. Beautiful. And your marriage can be beautiful. Do not get me wrong, but oh, there's no, definitely involved after the big to-do wedding. So you cannot base your marriage on your your wedding ceremony. So 100. tell us the real. Like once oh you got God. married, tell us Let me the see. real. Uh, okay, I'm going to try to tone it down. It. <laughs> and again, we are not trying to deter you. My purpose here and my mission in life is to get you prepared and pull the wool <laughs> off of your eyes yes. so you can see that there is realness after this. This is work after this. Does it, does it have to be painful? No, God does not no. want it to be painful, but he wants you to go into it knowing that you're going to have to work, knowing, mm -hmm. you know, that you're blending your life with another soul. Like these are two spirits mm -hmm. coming together, you know, here on earth. So he wants you to know that there is going to be work but it's also bliss inside of that work if you yeah. are prepared beforehand so just tell us a little bit about you know the work so I, well and i love what you just said the blending of two souls because it it's, it's actually the blending of two lives because you're taking his experiences his expectations and his understanding which men aren't always real forward about that so you find out like when when you're in the relationship what they really expected of it and I came in with my perspective, my views, and they just didn't, they didn't equal out. And we went through marriage counseling. We, we went through marriage counseling. We met with the minister. We had weekly sessions. I don't remember half of that stuff. <laughs> he remembers all of it. But I came in thinking that it was going to be just more of a romance. It, it really is that you're taking on his expectation. You're taking on, and sometimes who you are isn't always who he needs. And that's something that was hard for me to understand that, you know, I have this really vibrant personality and I'm really outgoing and I'm really energetic. He didn't always need for me to be vibrant and energetic. Sometimes he needed me to be quiet. And that was hard for me because I had never had anyone, not that he was silencing me, but he's more of a quiet introvert. And I didn't understand how to live with a quiet introvert because I had well, always lived with people who were like me, my family. Mm -hmm. I had never lived with someone like him. So I didn't know how to gear who I was as a woman to be the woman that he needed me to be to help him be the man that he was going to become. 
Uh, and so I was trying to live me, 100% me, while trying to live next to him. And that's where like, really the challenges came because I didn't know that I had to make shifts, you know. And, and as women, you know, we always want to be like, I'm going to be independent. I'm going to be me. I'm going to be me no matter what. But to be perfectly honest with you, sometimes your husband doesn't need to be you. you need, he needs you to be who he needs you to be at that time. Exactly. And it could be, you know, when you don't want to have sex and you're like, oh, but he really needs exactly. And you got to get up off of that and go on your closet, change your mindset, pray about it. Because I'd be praying like before, like, Lord Jesus, let me enjoy this. Even though I don't want to do this in the name of Jesus. I think I'm so grateful. <laughs> Let's be real. I'd be praying during sex sometimes because I just be like, oh. But that's, but that's real, really being a wife because your husband may need that at that time. Or even like when you want to come home and talk about your work, you know, because we're both work, we both work, neither of us stayed at home. So I was a working woman and I had issues at work and stuff, but he had issues at work too. And, you know, a lot of times his issues overcame mine. I didn't like that early on in the marriage. Like I wanted it to be about me and, and it wasn't about me. So it was really hard for me to understand that sometimes I had to step back, leave my issues and support him because it, men are just different from us. And we have to understand that. And I didn't understand that. I mean, my dad never really talked about men. You know, that's one thing I regret that my dad, my dad never really shared with me what it was that a man needed. I, Cause I didn't know going into a marriage what a man needed because my dad never told me. My dad just always seemed to be content. Like, you know, but my mom was a super servant. Like my mom ironed all his clothes, cooked all his meals, cleaned all the house. And weirdly enough, I like wanted to be the total opposite of that. Like, I'm like, I'm not serving anybody. I'm going to be a strong woman. I'm going to be independent. I don't have to do any of that stuff. And, you know, then I didn't realize what a service that was to my husband. Like what a blessing that was to him when he comes home and, you know, the house is together. And even if I work, that, you know, I have faith in God that he's going to be able to help me to be able to provide my husband with a, a meal when he comes home, even though I worked, that I could be the wife that my husband needed me to be. I mean, it, it took me 20 years. So this is why I have like what I do now in life coaching, because it took me 20 years to become the wife that my husband needed, um, because I stayed in that mindset, of the same mindset I had when I left for 20 years. Wow. I stayed in that same mindset and I didn't change anything. I tried to deal with it, but I never, ever took it to God um, until like every now and then I'd have a few years in there. I, I would. And then, you know, I'd be challenged and I would fall right back in the same habits. And that's where like I encourage women to really deal with the stuff that they have from relationships. You know, if you have heartbreak from a relationship, you think you're over it, make sure you're over it. If you've had something traumatic happen in your life before you take a husband, make sure you dealt with it, like really dealt with it, like gone to therapy, like really spent time breaking that down. Because honestly, what will happen is when things don't work out on the marriage side, that those, the, all those things that hurt come out and they come out towards the person that you really want to love, the person you really want to give all your affection to, the person you really want to build up. All that comes out towards them. Yeah. And so that hurt comes out towards the man you love. And instead of loving him like you want to, you hurt him. And, and that's why it's so important that you like that self-love is really about dealing with all that crap, dealing with all that stuff that, that, that's inside of you and stuff you don't even know is inside. I mean, you, you know, it's amazing that when we go through stuff and we think we're over it, like you have a breakup and you think you're over it, 
but you were like hurt by that person. And, and, and you had that hurt still as like that little layer of almost like a shell, you know? And so you're that seed on the inside and your husband has to be able to crack that seed, but he doesn't have the tools because he doesn't even know what, what made the shell that hard. Um, and being able to share with your husband that stuff, you know, and, and help. And if he loves you, if you, if you found a man that God, after God's own heart, who is there for you, he'll help you work through that stuff. But to prevent you from being like me and running from it for 20 years, deal with it first. Deal yeah. with it first and learn to love yourself fully first. Love yourself through all of the stuff you've done wrong. You know, a lot of times we do things wrong and we, we hide behind that. And we, and we feel guilty, but we hide behind it. And we don't honestly say, this is who I want to be and I'm going to take care of that and I'm going to deal with it. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because um, it's it, it's not a coincidence, honestly, I believe that you say that because just this past week with um, the mentees within the Prepare to be Found um, mentorship program, we just fasted and broke off soul ties. Okay, so, Ooh, yes. and the revelations that came out of that, I mean, I just one in particular just sticks out of, in my mind and, you know, and... It's so important, you know, to remember back, you know, not just now, but just go back. And sometimes in the past, you have to go back to be able to release from these things that you swept up under the rug and they're still attached to you. So we really dug into soul ties and, you know, they fasted and it has to be addressed before going in to into marriage. And, you know, when God introduced the whole program to me and, you know, introduced soul ties, I said, that definitely makes sense. Like before we can even get into, you know, the whole marriage aspect of the program and who you are as a woman, you have to break off this baggage that you've been carrying, like these negative things that you've been carrying in order to be able to open your eyes to receive what God has for you because you've been so bogged down with these things that you didn't even know it. So I'm yes. glad you, you mentioned that. Yeah, that is, oh my gosh. And, and that really is the key right there. Um, but yeah, so that's what, you know, and that's one of the things I'm actually in the process of writing a lot of this in the book and I'll have like, you know, way more details, but just talking about, that's what the book I'm writing is about. It's about me, those 20 years those 20 years and, and how it really, I mean, it was really 20 years. Like I, when I look back, I think like, oh my gosh, like I'm almost embarrassed that I spent, I wasted 20 years of my life. And sometimes, you know, it makes me sad actually, because I mean, I don't want to start crying. But um, last night I just had like a moment and then I noticed that I had to like break, cast out Emmy, I had to go to the word. But where, you know, I was like thinking of the scripture that the Bible says, God will give you everything that the, the canker worm, the palm worm, and the, and the locust took from you. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm in the midst of this, you know, and I don't feel like, like you're giving me that back. Like, I made a lot of mistakes over a lot of years. Like, are you going to give me those things back? And I had to like, you know, rebuke my own words. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, I was questioning that. Because sometimes I do. Because sometimes I look back and, you know, I think I know that's the enemy trying to take me back. But I feel like if I wouldn't have made those 20 years of, you know, mistakes, our marriage would be at this point. Or we would be at this point financially because we would have been on the same page for all those years. And I beat myself up sometimes. And it's very brief because I don't allow myself to stay there because I know that it's not God. I know that's not God. And I have to go right to the word. But that's where, you know, you don't want to have to have that, those burdens on you either. You know, it, it breaking those burdens early 
is what keeps you from carrying those burdens later. And, and I still, you know, I, I, I know they're not burdens, but sometimes they do come to, you know, real talk. They do come to my mind when I see other, you know, people who are progressing and I'm like in their relationships, I think I would have done what I should have done 20 years earlier. We would be at a different place. But God has us here now, and that's why I have a testimony and a story to share because of that. And that's what I have to remind myself, too, that this testimony isn't for me. It's not for me. It's for a lot of women out there. And I talk to them all the time. And that's why, really, I, God had been had me wanting me to come out for a lot of years. And it took me 10 years. So to 20 years we had of a really you know, up and down. And the up and downs were me. And I mean, you know, he, I feel bad for him because he had to adjust to the multiple Stephanie's in the world that came out. And that, you know, that will happen over the years that when you're married, you know, you're going to go through stuff, you know, your husband may lose his job. How do you deal with that with him? How do you encourage him? How do you keep him lifted up? You may lose your job. You know, what do you expect from him when things happen to you? And that's that expectation. You know, you, you got to know the man you're marrying too. You know, if you know your husband isn't one of those people who gives gifts, well, don't expect for Christmas to get, you know, uh, a, a Dunienberg bag, you know, because if he's not thinking like that, you got to know the man you're with. Like, I know my husband is a gift giver, so I know that I'm always going to get a good gift, but I'm like a person, I like words. Like, I like you to tell me about, like, tell me I'm beautiful, tell me you love me, tell me I'm what I thought I like. And so it, it, for a while, I was like, how oh, you just give me all these gifts? Like, oh, I don't even, you know, I don't want them. And I'm like, then I had to think, but that's his way of showing affection. I did. I mean, I, I, most people, would, I have people who are like, what? You're complaining about gifts? I'm like, it wasn't really the gifts. It was that, like, I could have bought it myself. Like, that's my mindset. It's like, I can buy this myself. I can't buy the words that you tell me, though. And that's what I need. And so it took us a lot of time to figure that out and to grow into that to grow into that and for me to like take those words when I got them and know that that was his way of giving it in that time frame. Like I couldn't say like, I want you to tell me I'm beautiful every single day. And he would be like, well, how many times do I have to say it before you believe it? I never really thought about it like that. (laughs) (laughs) I like that you said that um, because you do have to get to know your husband to be your future husband when you do, Mm -hmm. when he is revealed to you because that that's the purpose of courting that's the purpose of friendship you have the friendship and then when there is feeling you know to move into a courtship of course as i said many times on this podcast you take it before god before before taking that step because that is a big step that's a mini marriage because you're really going to be digging into this person's life and they're going to be digging into your life when you go into courtship and that's one of the things learning if their love love language is gift giving learning if their love language is touch my my love language is gift giving and i had a friend um i i gave this friend a card and he's like i swear like you just give gifts and i'm like this is because this is how i express myself like i love to receive gifts and he's a person it's probably more so like a word type of or touch Mm -hmm. type of person um but I I had to think like wow like you know when my husband comes we definitely do have to you know dig into that when we do get into courtship just to find out what it's like because I don't want to continue to give him gifts and he's like I'm so unhappy like I need her to talk more and not go out and spend this money (laughs) on these gifts then resentment builds because then you're like then he's like, well, she spent all this money. We could be saving it and do this when I, uh, all she had to do is come in here and tell me she loves me, you know? Yeah. And, 
and I kind of feel that it's a two way, like a two way exchange though. But if you yeah. know that this is my way, once we talk about it, you know that this is my way of showing love, accept it. But I'm also going to give you what you want too. So I'll give right. you the gift because this is how I'm feeling, but I'm also going to give you words behind that gift. So, and, and yeah. with, with him, he'll give me the gift and, you know, make sure something else. So both parties are happy, you know, That's you feel it. happy doing what, you know, your language is to that person because, you know, you feel that this expresses love, but you also right. give them what they want as right. well you have to give them what they need yeah you have to give them what they need because if they don't get it from you they're going to still need it and if they still need it then they're going to seek it they're seeking it then they may not seek it in the way that it should be seeking if that's even a word <laughs> and then that's where issues happen yes and that's where getting to know like you're saying getting to know that person and really getting to know them. Like, it's so hard when you're dating because you're putting on this great act of, this is the person I want him to see because he may not like the person that I actually am. And that's one thing my husband did tell me, like, later on when I told him about what had happened to me, he was like, you should have told me this. And I was like, well, I didn't want to tell you this. And one, I didn't acknowledge it myself. But he said, well, that's really unfair of you. When we had an honest talk, he said, it's all it's unfair because if you had would have told me then I would have had been able to make the decision whether I could deal with dating you with this on you or not I was like wow that hurt <laughs> <laughs> you know but it but that was real I mean he deserves the opportunity to know everything about me so he can make the decision whether he could be in a relationship with me long term and that's where we get scared because I, when he said that, it even scared me to think like, oh my gosh, you would have not wanted to be with me. He's like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying a guy deserves the right to know. So he has the right to choose. Amen. Yeah. So just now, just thinking back, you know, with, with being in that 20 year period, do you feel that having guidance before you got married would have helped out tremendously before you entered into marriage? 100 percent, and that's what drew me to you because i think i contacted you after i listened to one of your podcasts um and it talked about that and i was like i wish i would have had that because i didn't have i mean i was 20 so i mean 20 year old girlfriends don't know anything anymore they they don't know nothing so that was my circle of friends and that was what i had as a resource none of them have been married None of them had even dated beyond high school. I mean, we're just out of high school, right? I mean, you're 20, you've been in high school two years, so you haven't even really had a real relationship. Um, and, and really having, like, girlfriends, like women, a circle of women who are like-minded, who are willing to be transparent and honest and true, who are willing to help you reveal what you need to work on within you, honestly, and be able to help you to repair areas of hurt before you move in a relationship, invaluable, invaluable. Like, I, I, I can't tell you enough what a gift that is um, for women to have and to be able to take in a real version of you into a marriage, girl, I, I for, for all of your mentees, like I just see that yours and their relationships just like, like where mine are now, like 32 years in, like where I wish I would have taken these 32 years forward, but I wouldn't have the story either. I wouldn't be able to see it from this perspective either. Yeah. So I thank God, you know, now 
for that time that he took me through, even though it was not good for any of us. Um, you know, and in the process, we had four kids. So when you add kids in, which, you know, which is a whole nother dynamic, it takes away from the relationship. It totally shifts all the energy of the relationship from the two of you to the child. Yeah. And that's a whole nother conversation, but being prepared with your relationship being strong before you add a child in. I mean, if you come into a relationship, you already have children, that's a whole nother, you know, conversation, but that shifts, you know, so much of who you are as a woman, especially. Um, and your husband still has the same expectations. That's the, the real story is for a man, nothing does ever changes. They still are pre, if whoever you marry today, is going to be the same man that you sit in a rocking chair with yeah. at 90. That's the, that's the crazy part about men is that they honestly have like a core sense of who they are. And they, they pretty much, unless they got a real lot of crap and they got to change, they stay like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at your dad. I mean, look at the, the older men, you know, like they are, they're precise. We're the ones who make multiple adjustments. In our <laughs> because that's how we were created. We were created very <laughs> complex people. Like, God, I mean, he really, you know, he stacked the deck on us, I tell you. <laughs> I mean, look at Adam. Adam was just as dumb from day one as he was, you know, probably the end of the, the end time. Like, dense. Like, oh, yeah, let's try that tree. Are we not supposed to eat from that tree? You know, like, <laughs> you know you weren't. That was the law. Like, why couldn't you just stick to it and say, okay, that was a law. No, we're not eating from that tree, Eve. But God's, our God said no. Oh, uh, yeah, really? Really? No. <laughs> it's still his fault to this day. It's still his fault. We just he should have been the man in the relationship. <laughs> Women have so much influence, and I just we want do. You know, women out there that are listening. Women, you are so powerful. You have so much influence. Never Girl. shrink down. Do not shrink down because you hold a lot of influence. As we can see and in I'll the Bible, the women mm. throughout the Bible. If you just yeah. read these stories, they hold so much influence. And I'll tell you one thing I learned, and I learned this later in my, you know, after my 20 years of not being a good wife, when I got into the years of being a good wife, I learned that I'm way more powerful with my mouth closed than with my mouth open. And that's something I will share with every woman who is moving into a relationship um, as she's moving forward, that you are way more powerful a lot of times with your mouth closed. Because sometimes we give men way too many words and they can't, you know, they don't have the ability to process like we do. Like we can process multiple sentences from multiple people at the same time and it takes them time. So I have one thing I have learned in my relationship that the times that I'm silent, that I am way more influential in my husband's decision making. When I'm trying to peck her head, peck her, you know, peck him, peck him into agreement, that's when usually I get the most resistance. Yeah. And I have learned that sometimes I just need to just say what I need to say and let it and leave it and pray about leave it in God for God to work it instead of me trying to work it for him. Yeah. So being married for 32 years, being in a place where 20 of those 
32 years yeah. um, until you got the revelation <laughs> on what needs to be changed in this marriage. Tell us how it is now since your mindset has shifted after these 20 years. Tell us how it is now with your husband. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's so good. I, it's hard to put into words, but um, I have to say, like, I'm just at a place where I'm, I'm okay with really being the woman he needs me to be. And so that means that, like, sometimes that, you know, I can go away from him now and not feel like, um, I used to go away from him and feel like I, 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 I gotta be back at him because I gotta do this and I gotta make sure he knows I'm there. And now I feel confident in who we are. Um, I, I mean, I come home and, you know, I know that we're there for each other. Um, he's my biggest cheerleader. Like if, if there was anybody who, I mean, sometimes I'm like, do something for yourself. Stop cheering for me. Um, but I just, I feel so like not even, I don't like to use the word love, but I feel so protected. Mm. I feel, and I feel like I'm, I'm able to let him protect me, which is something I didn't let him do for a long time. I was so busy protecting myself from myself that I never let him be my real protector. And that's all he ever wanted to be was he wanted to love me and protect me. And that's all he wanted to do. And I never let him do it. So I feel so loved. I so feel so protected. Um, and I still feel so energized by our relationship. Like I truly wake up every day and I feel so energized by our relationship. And I'm excited to come home to be with him now. Like I used to come, I used to be like, oh, you know, I got to be a wife. Like, you know, I was, it was like a stress. Like, cause like I didn't know how to be me and that. And I didn't know how to, to, to give him what he needed. And now I truly pray every single morning. Like I get up and I just pray, God, let me be the woman he needs me to be. And that's my first prayer. And then I pray for each of my children. Let me be the mother they need me to be. And let me go into this world and be the person that whoever I run into needs me to be and guide me and direct me. And give me those words that are your words and not my own. Um, because in a relationship, I got to have God's words, not my own. Because there are still some times where yeah, I'm, a bear, I'm a talker. He's not a talker. <laughs> so I have to like, you know, be respectful of his conversation because it's, you know, slower, mine, but now it doesn't bother me. You know, it used to bother me because I wanted to get everything out of me. I wanted him to hear me. I wanted to be heard. I wanted to be understood. Um, not knowing that that understanding and that hearing had to come from within first. I had to understand myself first. And I had to hear what I was saying before I could be able to be heard by anybody else. And I spent a lot of years between even relationship and work trying to be heard, um, trying to be recognized, you know, and feeling like I, I wasn't recognized by people. And then that creates a whole another frustration. Um, but I feel like I don't have to do that anymore. It's beautiful when it gets to where God is in the midst of it. It really is. And I just, I really thank God for the last, 10 years, I'm so grateful that I, I was around, that he kept me, that he kept me. Yeah. And you said, <laughs> oh, and you said this, you said something truly important, the praying aspect, keeping your mouth shut and praying. That is our best. <laughs> that is our weapon. Really is. Women, really that is. is our wives out there. This is our weapon, our good weapon. Wives. You know? It you really know? is. Yeah. It really is. And it's hard, you know, when you're a woman like who, you know, I, I'm a very motivated woman. Like I'm very driven uh i'm always thinking i'm i'm just i'm just really 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 driven and i have like so much in me um it's always hard sometimes it's hard for me for a lot of years to, to be silent 
um, and to come home and be like that woman where I always felt like I was being forced, you know, into a role and forced. And it really wasn't that. It really wasn't. It really wasn't at all. Like he just, he wanted me to be me. He just wanted me to be sometimes less of me. <laughs> Which now I get, now I totally understand because I'm a lot. I'm a lot. But I know that sometimes he needs me to be, you know, but most of the time it's just like, you know, you go be you. You go, go have your energy. But sometimes when he comes home from work or when I come, he needs just, he needs a moment and he needs me to listen and not interject and not do anything, but just be, just be a wife. Yeah. Stephanie, it has been a pleasure. We may have to do a round two on introducing children (laughs) into the mix. And, you know, I mean, you have definitely dropped some gems. I'm pretty sure that they have found value today on what you have said. It is always good to hear from women who are married and given the perspective of, you know, where they were and where they are now. So I am just, you know, so overjoyed that you were able to stop by the Bougie Boss podcast today and just tell a little bit of your story. Like I said, we'll have you back on and then I'll get to meet you and also speak to you at the Blueprint Conference and retreat. You'll be also speaking to um, the women that are in the mentorship program, you know, about health and probably a mixture of self-love as well, you know, thrown in there, you know, in a couple of of weeks. So they're in for a treat as well. So I just want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again. And I am grateful that, you know, you took the time out of your day to be on the podcast today. Marissa, thank you so much. And future wives, Just keep getting yourselves ready. God has that man for you. Just trust God. Absolutely. Now, where can they find you? Oh, well, you can find me right now. You can find me at at the Sweet Life of Stephanie J on Instagram and on Facebook. And then you can visit my website for other great stuff, yoursweetestlife.com. Awesome. 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 All right, babes. That has been another episode of the Bougie Boss Podcast. Once again, make sure you click the link in show notes and register for the Blueprint Conference and Retreat, as well as click the link in the show notes to go ahead and apply for the next group um, for Prepare to be Found, which will be called in October future wives boot camp. So make sure that you go ahead and apply for October now to take advantage of what I have for you. Also, guys, I didn't mention at the beginning of the show, um, I will be a published author soon and I am releasing a 90 day journal for future wives and wives. So you will be able to, um, build your relationship with God, build yourself up as a woman, find out who you are as a woman, as well as start to pray for your husband and declare things over your future husband. Or if you are a wife, declare things over your current husband with this journal. So make sure that you look out for that soon. That will be on the website, which is coming in the coming weeks, which you can pre-order. And to accompany that, um, there will be a 31-day mind mind, body, and spirit challenge. This is a get fit challenge, mind, body, and spirit. So once you purchase the journal, you will be able to be entered into the mind, body, and spirit challenge. So we are changing mindsets, our bodies, and also just sharpening our spirits and feeding our spirits with this challenge. So that has been another episode of the Bougie Boss Podcast. I will see you all on the podcast next week. Bye-bye.